Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Taylor Swift. Apparently, uh, things got personal, which forced her to cancel a last-minute Grammys performance. At least that's the scuttlebutt. And we've got uh, all the dirt in that scuttle, but here on the Colin Bradley Show on My Talk 1071. Holly's going to bring us all the latest in just a moment. Good afternoon. Happy Wednesday. It's five minutes after the one o'clock hour, and we'll be with you until three, of course. Lori and Julia coming up after that. Okay, so there is this story about how allegedly Taylor Swift was going to perform last minute at the Grammys, which makes sense because she's got this documentary that's about to come out. I think it comes out on Friday. But Holly... Turns out the reason she didn't perform might actually be personal. Tell us more. Ooh, so the story was Taylor Swift planning a surprise performance at the Grammys on Sunday night. Now, this has been confirmed subsequently by the producer of the Grammys saying that Taylor Swift was interested in performing on the show on Sunday night. That producer saying she had called us and said, I really want to do the show. And one of Taylor Swift's reps called and said specifically that she wanted to do the show for the producer. And then it was never booked. He said, I had her in the rundown. There was a placeholder if it did confirm, but she never confirmed. So it was just a lot of hearsay and a lot of gossip. But yeah, it totally would have made sense that Taylor Swift performed at the Grammys on Sunday night uh, because she does have this Netflix documentary, Miss Americana, coming out uh, this Friday. So it totally makes sense, right? Synergy. But even if she never had a real intention to perform at all, the the possibility that she was going to perform or even the conversation about her not performing is publicity for her new documentary coming out on Friday because we're talking about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's a win-win. It's a total win-win. Now, Page Six was reporting that Taylor Swift was planning to f- perform a specific song, and that song is called The Man. I think that this song is off of her latest album, Lover. I can't confirm or deny that. I am not a Swifty. I'm sorry. But it's called A Feminist Anthem. If you know Taylor Swift, you probably know the song The Man, so it would be quite fitting kind of with the narrative of what's been happening with her life the past couple of years that she's wanted to do that. Well, Bradley, mm-hmm. Taylor Swift, Uh-oh. she decided not to perform at the Grammys because she wanted to be in solidarity with ousted CEO of the Recording Academy, Deborah Dugan. Now, we talked last week about all of these allegations that Deborah Dugan uh, accused the Recording Academy of, which are including, but not limited to, sexual harassment at the hands of an attorney associated with the Recording Academy. His name is Joel Katz. Now, we don't know him, you know, you wouldn't know him if you looked at him or if you walked down the street, but he's a big music industry power player. Wait, there was an allegation against him? Well, that he sexually harassed Deborah Dugan. 
Oh, he, oh. Yeah, so the story, Because the only yeah. sexual assault thing that I was paying attention to was the rape allegation um, that allegedly uh, a performer was making, that she alleged that a, that a musician in the Academy was uh, alleging that not the other guy, the former head of the Academy, had raped her. Yeah. That's all I rem- uh, knew about. So tell me about oh, this. Oh, okay. So this is separate. But this was included in that Equal Employment Opportunity Commission uh, complaint that she filed, Deborah yeah. Dugan. So this happened, allegedly, during a one-on-one dinner that Deborah Dugan had with this attorney, Joel Katz. They went out to dinner. She alleges that Katz called her, quote, baby, complimented her appearance several times and suggested the two of them, quote, spend time together before attempting to kiss her, among other things. I do remember this now. Yeah. Okay. Now, these are accusations that Joel Katz has denied. He says, I didn't do this, blah, blah, blah. Well, here's an interesting little fact about Joel Katz. And maybe that part of the story influenced Taylor Swift from not performing on the Grammys on Sunday night. Joel Katz was the lead attorney in the negotiation of the sale of Big Machine Records to Scooter Braun. Oh! Oh! Yes, he was the architect of this deal. Big Machine Records, that's important. Why, Bradley? Why is all that important? Because Big Machine Records now owns the catalog, the back catalog of Taylor Swift. Exactly. And so what this is saying is that she, Taylor Swift did not perform at the Grammys in solidarity with Deborah Dugan, who was creeped on by this Cats character, who was one of the lawyers who made that sale go through. Right. Exactly. God, this is oh. just a tangled web of terror and tra- well, not terror, but tragedy. Yeah, there's a lot of using a word that you have started this segment with scuttlebutt yeah. around all of this. So, yeah, so... That says, you know, Taylor Swift and we, the drama behind that sale, Taylor Swift being like, I don't own my music anymore. And in fact, Scooter Braun and his people are forcing my hand and saying that you can't even perform your own music without it being cleared by us first. So Taylor Swift not performing at the Grammys ultimately was like, yeah, this guy is a creep. According to Taylor Swift, this Joel Katz guy, I'm going to stand in solidarity with like, Deborah Dugan. I'm not Dugan. performing on the stage of the Grammys because they're shady and yeah. they kicked out Deborah Dugan. And by the way, you're all, you know, up close and personal with this Katz character who, for a number of reasons, is problematic. Least of all uh, that he sexually harassed uh, my pal and now is also, you know, part of the reason why I've had to, like, give a big fat middle finger to Scooter Braun and, um, uh, what's the name of the record company again? Big Machine. Big Machine Records. Mm -hmm, Totally. Oh, this is just, it's also incestuous. It is. Okay, so, we know that that's very, I mean, it totally makes sense. Here's the next question. If you're just joining us, by the way, we're talking about Taylor Swift not performing at the Grammys, even though she was, like, whispered to have been ready to perform. And it sounds like she really was going to perform. Where do we go next? So this, this coming Friday, this documentary is going to come out. Yeah. So we have this new Taylor Swift documentary, Miss Americana going to be on Netflix and allegedly Taylor Swift is going to be as honest as she ever has been about her life, about her career. Now documentary with this movie, I put it in 
loose quotes because this is more of a personal essay, meaning that if Taylor Swift, if she is in any capacity an executive producer on this project, she's going to have control of the narrative. And it's just her giving her side of the story. So it's not a documentary like hard hitting. Yeah, this is what's journalism. so problematic yeah. about the world we live in right now, though. People aren't going to be critical thinkers. They're just going to watch it. And if it's a good, well-produced tale, they're going to be like, oh, this is delightful. That Taylor Swift, I feel really good about her because she stands up for women. All of these things are true. Don't get me wrong. But it's going to be pitched as sort of a documentary. But really, truly, to your point, it's kind of just a it's it's a self-serving audio-visual experience for Taylor Swift. It sells records. Right. Because it will paint her. And even when they show her being vulnerable or making mistakes or making um, choices that she would have done differently today, I guarantee it'll all be in service of a narrative that ultimately makes her look like she is, you know, um, a good person. Right. Not that she's not, but I'm saying, again, the goal is to make her look a certain way, not to tell the actual story of what happened. Well, it'll be fascinating nonetheless, because yeah, Taylor sure. Swift has been a person who has been mm, not necessarily criticized, well, criticized by some people by being hyper controlling of her public narrative. Yeah. So and who does that sound like? Every other successful everybody. celebrity. Have you heard of Harry and Meghan? What? Do you know Beyonce? What? Madonna? Oh, my gosh. Uh Share. Maybe not share. I don't know. Oh, now she's kind of so out, the, out there. Now on I'm just Twitter. being gay lazy, throwing out <laughs> diva names. Okay, when we come back, Holly. Yeah. Ooh, Ooh. Michael Strahan is talking out of the side of his mouth. It's shady, but I kind of am here for it. So we'll tell you why Michael Strahan uh, is yammering when we come back right here on my talk 1071. Michael Strahan is talking and people are listening. Just like you guys are listening to the Colleen and Bradley show here on My Talk 1071. Streaming live and doing everything entertainment over at the MyTalks1071.com. By the way, we got an app and that app is full of prizes for January. So those listener rewards can be yours. To find out more details, just download the My Talk 1071 app on your favorite app store area thing. And um, I know we got tickets for like snowshoeing. Yeah, there's also the $1,500 lighting RX possibility, the prize from Southern Lights. Yes, snowshoes and a state park pass. We've got movie passes, all sorts of fun goodies that you could get your mitts on if you just sign up for our listener rewards. Go to mytalk1071.com to do that. Thank you, Holly. Now, the New York Times Magazine uh, has a piece that was published a couple days ago. Michael Strahan on the NFL's race uh, on the NFL's race issues, tension with Kelly Ripa, and how to fix the Giants. So he's talking about a number of things, but we're clearly paying close attention to his time with Kelly Ripa uh, because you'll remember there was some issues between the two of them. Yeah, just a little bit. He, he, she did not like the way he left, it is easy to say. We'll talk more on that later. But I wanted to get to some of the things he actually said, and then we can um, parse it. He says, um, this in this candid interview with the New York Times Magazine, he compared the rivalry on TV uh, oftentimes to that on the football field. And he said, quote, it was actually tougher in the TV business to see a certain kind of competitiveness than it was in sports. Now, he doesn't name Kelly Ripa um, or the former talk show of which he was a part, but he did hint um, in this interview that he didn't feel like he was really part of a team uh, when he was working alongside Kelly Ripa. Quote, I don't want to be on the show and feel like everyone else is carrying me. I want us 
her carrying me. I want us all to be successful. I've done things where I went in with team concepts and I got there and realized, oh, it's not about the team. It's selfish and I don't want to operate under that. Then on television, I've had jobs where I got there and felt like, wow, I didn't know I was supposed to be a sidekick. I thought I was coming here as a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, the the interviewer obviously is like, well, okay, are you talking about your time on live with Kelly and Michael? To which he responded indirectly, it was an experience oh. and laughed. Well, of course the man was talking about his time on live with Kelly and Michael. What yeah. What else would he be talking about? So now, you know, what's interesting is when I first read this, I thought to myself, I actually, I just get the impression that he's like a team player and he maybe didn't realize what he had signed up for when he went to work with Kelly. And then you'll remember that Elizabeth Reese was talking about um, sort of her perspective as somebody who works behind the scenes uh, or works behind the camera on a very similar type show. And she gave me a perspective about Kelly Ripa and what Kelly Ripa's mindset might have been when Michael came along. That made me understand why there might have been some conflict. Yeah. Yeah. And Elizabeth Reese was essentially saying that, you know, Michael Strahan was walking into Kelly Ripa's show and that while his name was in the billing with Kelly Ripa, he was walking into an ecosystem that was ruled over by Kelly. Now, Kelly had worked her way into that power position because she played you know, what some would consider second billing to Regis Philbin for a long time. Yeah. So now her name was top billing and there might have been an unspoken rule that was on the set or that maybe even Kelly Ripa had in her mind. Like this is kind of how the way things happen in TV and Michael Strahan coming from a different perspective being like, well, my name is is with yours. We're supposed to be a team. Yeah. So it's all these unsaid political things happening. Yeah, and clearly, um, and Elizabeth pointed this out as well, that clearly there was some acrimony between them. They did not have the best of personal relationships. I imagine if they had a good personal relationship, if they had had some sort of friend connection. I mean, you really do have to have a relationship connection with the person you're going to work on a show like this. I mean, in the world that we live in, it's a minor version of what they live in. But even in our minor, you know, universe uh, of radio, if you're going to do a successful show that's going to sound genuine and and, um, real, you have to have a personal connection with the person you're doing it with doing it with. And if you don't, it's going to it's just going to it's never going to work. Right. And you're always going to be like, well, I wish this and I wish that. And this person didn't do this and this didn't do that. So they clearly had that element missing, which means I don't know if there ever could have been a solution. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Short of them, you know, having some sort of friendship experience or whatever you want to call that, because it's unique. Um, That said, 
I think they both probably thought they were in valid positions, but I am still a little bit, you know, like I could see Michael's perspective coming in like, sure, I want to respect her and I want to respect the work that she took to get there. But also in this business, that is their business, that's not necessarily how the world works anymore. Mm -hmm. You put in the time, you do all the hard work, you, you know, then you get the you get to sort of reap your rewards. Like that's kind of old school. Yeah. Working off of the seniority model. Yeah, exactly. Like I was, I was Regis's sidekick. I did all, you know, I played second fiddle to Regis for years. And then all of a sudden Regis goes, now it's my turn. I'm going to be in lights. And unfortunately, whether it was her personality or her celebrity in particular, or it's just the changing nature of this type of television, I don't know that that dynamic was maybe what Michael thought he was signing up for or told that he was going to be a part of. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of missing information regarding the relationship of Kelly Ripa and Michael Strahan. Right, because it's like, okay, well, I'm coming into the show. My name is co-headlining. We're partners in this. It's not like it's the Kelly show featuring Michael Strahan. It's Kelly and Michael. We are in this together. Yeah. In equal parts, in Michael Strahan's eyes, and Kelly Ripa's eyes, it's like, no, 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 honey, my name's first. Exactly. I built this ship. Well, I'm glad they're, you know, at least he's talking about this, and oh, I hopefully love one day she'll sit down and write a book about it so ah, we can learn more. When yay. we come back, Lord and Lady D-Bag, that, that means celebrities behaving badly. We're going to have a couple for you when we come back right here on the Colleen and Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Celebrities are always crowning. Bradley. What's crowning today? Yeah, what's what crowning today? Well, actually, I'm glad you said crown because, you know, the Latin for crown is corona. And corona is on everyone's lips lately. We oh, learned God, that, that from Dr. Oz yesterday. Yeah, the coronavirus is on people's lips, although wear a mask and it won't be. The coronavirus is uh, from the Latin for corona, which means crown. Wow. Because the virus itself has little spiky, crowny things. Anyway. What did that have to do with crowning? Oh, because we're crowning a celebrity D-bag. My D-bag today, Holly, thanks for asking, is not a celebrity per se. Maybe a celebrity doctor who wants to be famous on uh, TV and movies and radio. Mm-hmm. Because I got a pitch. Do you know what's, uh, what pitch emails are? I know you do. It's a rhetorical question. I'll answer it. Thank you. Pitch emails are emails that are sent to us via public relations specialist asking us to have their guests on our show. Typically, you'll see something like expert guests. Um, You know, what's lurking in your bathroom that could kill you? (coughs) Dr. Bob Joe Francis has all the latest on how mildew is secretly killing you while you sleep. Mm, Great. Here are five questions you can ask him. Do you want us to arrange an interview? Mm. You know. P to the S, peel back the curtain. Rarely, rarely, I can't even think of the last time we answered a pitch email with a request for an interview. However, I still read them because oftentimes they're hilarious. But sometimes I think, well, that actually might be a good segment idea. Maybe we're not even going to use this person's um, recommendation, but 
you know, maybe we should have a segment. In this case, I I thought the very same thing when I read this headline. How to avoid getting sick on a plane and in general as the coronavirus flu and common cold spread. And I thought, well, you know, actually, that's some practical stuff I would like to know. Yeah. Maybe our listeners would, too. So then I go ahead and start reading the pitch. Interview with Dr. Cass Ingram, author of The Infection Connection. Okay, I was like... All right, what's this mean? And then it's like, as the number of persons infected from uh, the coronavirus and the blobbity blue, mm-hmm, you've got all these mm-hmm, proper hygiene mm-hmm, practices. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Anything interesting in there? I mean, it says, yeah. like, don't touch your eyes. Yeah, okay. Okay, so I'm yeah, like, that's uh-huh. fine. And then I scroll down and I get to this part of the pitch. Spice oil kills coronavirus in multiple clinical studies. <sighs> okay, spice oil? What does this mean? So now I'm intrigued. Now this pitch has taken me down a rabbit hole. Spice oil. Spice oil. And it says the following. In, or a recent in vitro study indicates that the essential oil of oregano can destroy human coronavirus and completely stop its replication within 20 minutes of exposure. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to do that. So I'm, you know, yeah. I'm a little predisposed to think this is some pseudo junk science, but like, okay, tell me more. Great. And then you read about some guy who did something in a lab somewhere with some uh, preparation H of wild oregano, sage and cumin and cinnamon oil. I feel like that's going to burn real bad if you mix preparation H. So basically they took the coronavirus and I want to be like, did they though? Did they? Because how did they get the coronavirus? And who has the time right now to take some coronavirus and dump some essential oils on it? Don't you feel like any Uh. samples of the coronavirus are being used for research to, I don't know, come up with a vaccine? And not pitch local radio personalities (laughs) about having a segment on your show about it. And they're like, oh, "Oh, by the way, this oil is made by the Blobbity Blue Oil Company, which makes really good stuff. Oh, mm. Then it gets to the sample interview questions. Oh, no. What is the origin of the Chinese coronavirus? Some say, air quotes, snakes. What? What? First of all, what? it's not the Chinese coronavirus, you boo. Yeah, pretty it's sure. Just a coronavirus. It has a name. It's like some combination of letters and numbers. Science. Pretty they don't sure. go that Chinese flu. Okay. It literally says one of the questions that this email pitch, which is my D bag for the day, what are some of the CDC recommended strategies for beating the Chinese flu? Oh, honey. Honey, I mean, no. Do you uh-uh. wonder why we live in the world that we no. live in? Viruses don't have allegiance to nation states. Just want to put that out there. Wait, say that again? That viruses don't have allegiances to nation states. <laughs> Thank you. Truth to power air horn. They don't care about lines on maps. No. Nope. So like selling, if you come to me and you're like, you want to avoid that Chinese flu? I'm like, okay, what kind of snake oil, pun intended, are in you trying to sell me? marks, because remember the word snakes and then, is in quotation marks. Again, this email pitch, which wants me to know the symptoms and the ways that I can treat my coronavirus, which, by the way, I don't really need to worry about at this point, but I'm going to pay attention to the news regardless because actual people do have to pay attention. 
one of the questions they want me to ask this guest when he arrives is, how does one effectively self-medicate using oregano oil? You don't. Okay. Because for a number of reasons, and save your emails, people. Because I made the mistake of posting this boobery on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and instantly I got responses from people who were like, but I heard essential oils are very good at killing some stuff. No. Okay. Google it. Yeah. And second of all, if oregano oil was the cure for coronavirus, the CDC would be... <laughs> Airdropping it from the skies all over China. People would be like splashing their faces with oregano oil. Yes. Stop being stupid. <laughs> In other news, fire kills viruses. Wow. I mean, not really. Burn your face. Great. If you burn your face, you can't get the virus. And here are some questions we're going to give you that when you ask us about it, yeah. we'll be able to answer. How do I stick you? my face in a fire without getting burnt? You don't. Nope. And just like this, stop being stupid. <laughs> Sorry, I get a little angry. It's, it's out of love, Bradley. I feel, I sense but that your anger is out of love because you care. It is because here's the thing. Now you're losing, the, you're losing a bunch of people you didn't need to lose or oregano oil people. Because I bet there are some actual medicinal benefits to certain organic compounds. Because I don't know if you know this, drugs are often derived directly from organic compounds. Mm-hmm. They ain't no aliens making medicine. It comes from plants and roots and tubers. Or are there aliens? I mean, there could be. That's a separate conversation. However, my point is, there might be some actual benefit to things, but you can't, you you can't, we can't have that conversation if you're going to come at people and say that, Oregano oil is going to kill the thing that the world is gripped paying attention to because there is no cure for it. Right. Like, right. you just got to do math, people. It's okay, I'll sometimes. shut up now. I'll shut up now. I'm being, I've I've overstayed my welcome. That's okay. In D-bag town. Do you want to share your D-bag with us, please? Well, I'm going to share my D-bag with you guys uh, because it's just, it's Harvey Weinstein. Oh, yay! Yay! It's Harvey Weinstein. He's my D-bag of the day. Now, I feel like we could honor Harvey Weinstein by naming him Lord Douchebag in perpetuity. Yeah. You know, that just goes without saying. But it's because of this specific story about how Harvey Weinstein is conducting himself uh, right before the start of his criminal trial, which is ongoing in New York City. So... A source of The Hollywood Reporter is saying that Harvey Weinstein was hanging out with his lady because he has a lady. Believe it or not, I mean, just I don't even know. What woman in her right mind? Her name is Alexandra Vino. She's been drinking the vino. Mm, Well, apparently, a source at The Hollywood Reporter says Harvey Weinstein and his lady Alexandra Vino quote, stunk up their no-smoking room with marijuana, then ordered several ice creams from room service and were required to pay extra to cover room damage when they checked out. Oh, God. Rude. I love this. Rude. So they're getting freaky watching, like, you know, Wayne's World, or um, not Wayne's World. Well, maybe they were watching Wayne's World. I was thinking Bill and Ted's, you know, smoking some doobies and... uh... Eating ice cream. Now, you know what? Here's, like, do what you will. If that's your way of relaxing, 
All right. And it's legal? But All please, right. Please don't smoke pot in a hotel because... In, in the non-smoking room. Because I don't want to smell that when I'm walking through the hallway. And the next time I rent a room, I don't want to walk in and smell somebody's I, high, high times it's experience. It's rude. Thank you. Like, look, you know, have your experience the way you want to have your experience. But when you're in a hotel room, be courteous to other people. Might be kind of hard for Harvey Weinstein, I understand. Now, his representative did comment on these allegations that were reported in The Hollywood Reporter saying, quote, under no circumstances was Mr. Weinstein smoking marijuana. Relapsing, he did, however, smoke a couple of cigarettes and once (laughs) notified that he was not staying in a smoking room he stopped smoking immediately now bradley i see a problem with that statement i don't know if you see the same problem uh the problem is do you think i'm stupid yeah who doesn't know that they're staying in a non-smoking room yeah in 2020 you know enough to know because there's probably like a dumb card on the, you know, the um, luggage rack or the door that says, thank you f- kindly for not smoking. Right. Or if you smoke in this room, you're going to be fined a bunch of money. And yeah. I don't know that Harvey Weinstein needs to be um, running afoul of rules right. in this moment. This just this little small detail about. Harvey Weinstein's life and the way that he conducts himself in the world just speaks volumes. He's just that, but don't you know? You're just like you're that inconsiderate. Don't you just want to be like a fly on that wall? And by fly, I mean I hope you can't see anything because I really don't want to see anything and probably don't want to hear anything either. But for a brief moment, I want to understand this woman and why she's hanging out because I think this article also talked about how they were just friends and she like showed up for like 5 minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm like what woman is going to a hotel room with Harvey Weinstein? And she brought him After male- all that oh. we have talked about. She brought a male friend along with her apparently on Blope. one of these visits. This is the same woman by the way who um if I remember correctly we saw on his lap at some restaurant mm-hmm. like whispering sweet nothings into his ear. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know it, I'm not saying she's like a victim of anything, but like, wouldn't you be a little wary? Like, if does she have friends? Well, she has a male friend who joined her when they visited Harvey Weinstein at his hotel. Mm. Now, apparently, this uh, the statement to the Hollywood Reporter from Weinstein's people is that yes, he did order two ice cream sundays alone at a bar. Hmm. That's yeah. That's lies. That's what that is. All right. When we come back from D bags to double down, we got to double down another D bag, meaning we got another D bag from Lena Dunham. Oh, you guys, it's a good one. We haven't talked about Lena Dunham in a while. Get ready. Right here on My Talk 1071. There's so many celebrity D bags. We just got to do them all. I mean, it would be a disservice to the public interest if we did not. Uh, inform you of all the celebrity debaggery in the world. Good afternoon and welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley show here on My Talk 1071. It's just before the two o'clock hour. You still got time though if you were supposed to be somewhere by two, 147 in fact. I'm Bradley Trainer. Colleen will be back with us tomorrow. Her voice was a little under the weather today. Holly's here though. No worries. Um, we wish her all the best. And in the meantime, in between time, Holly, we got to do a double bag deep, <laughs> a deep bag tuffle towel. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Double down! Yeah! 
always exciting when the D bags are bountiful. Yes, they are bountiful today. And uh, what celebrities behaving badly? Well, it's Lena Dunham. Oh. <sighs> Headline, Holly. Lena Dunham reveals she got engaged after Jack Antonoff split is now dating. Is now- I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Now on a dating hiatus, the girl star sh- said she's been totally single for the past 14 months. Okay. Okay. So I saw to myself, I mean, I saw the headline and said to myself, self? Lena Dunham is talking again. We must pay attention. Because for those of you who don't know, when Lena Dunham talks, there's probably some ridiculousness not far behind. Yeah. She is a very, she's one of those people who's just very mm, intense with her words. Oh, okay. The kids would say extra for sure. Right? Yes. Um, And especially when it comes to her former relationship with Jack Antonoff. She's still talking about her relationship with Jack Antonoff. Do you know how long it's been? I am Googling it right now. Well, you don't need to Google it. It says it right in the article. In the first words, two years after her split from Jack Antonoff, Lena Dunham says she's truly single. It's been two years. Oh, ah, that is just painful that an article about Lena Dunham leads with a breakup that is two years old. We have moved through time and space. Yes. Two years. So her attempt to get headlines involves a story that is two years old. What could you possibly be bringing to the story? And for those of you who haven't been paying as close attention as we have on the Colleen and Bradley show to her, just struggle to shed the two year or the relationship that she got out of two years ago. This is not the first time we've, read these articles about her relationship. I'm like, my God, go do something so that you can have something else to talk about. So she, she is doing other things. She's executive producing a TV show. Then She's, why are you talking about oh, this? So in the cover, I'm sorry, I raised my voice in the cover interview <laughs> okay. for Cosmos. Uh, this is Cosmo UK, by the way, their March issue on sale Thursday. The girl's creator, her actual job gets candid about her health struggles, time in rehab, newfound sobriety, and her perspectives on love, dating, and sex. These are all of the same well-worn paths of conversation that Lena Dunham has had, and it must just be tiring to be Lena Dunham because, my God, that's all she seems to want to talk about. Specifically, her split from Jack Antonoff. They were together for five years. Okay. Have you ever been in a relationship for five years? Yes. Okay, have you ever been in a relationship around five years and then gotten out of the relationship? Yes. Were you talking about that relationship? I mean, I, I understand you probably weren't talking to a lot of magazines at that point in your life, but no. were you talking about it intentionally, meaning at length, two years afterward? No. No, because nobody does, because no. nobody cares. Because exactly. if you are that person in real life, people would look at you and be like, girl, you need to go see someone. You need to go talk to your therapist because this ain't normal. You, right. This is not about him. 
It's about you. And what it's saying about you right now is not comfortable. So, okay, <laughs> let me go on. Quote, I look back and we had a really great ride. We cared for each other. But you know what? We were both just starting our careers. And that was our true passion. The love you have for someone doesn't disappear because you don't have them. It's just logistically, it doesn't work anymore. I love him so much. He's a dear friend, a dear friend of mine. Has it been easy every second? No, it's not easy to divide life with someone. There are definitely moments where I was catty, rude, or sassy, but he's been beautifully accepting of those, and I've been able to be accepting of his anger. Oh, my God. No, you haven't, because you're talking about it two years later, you weirdo. (laughs) Oh, bless her heart. It's awkward. It's awkward because... If Lena Dunham was your friend and she was talking about her relationship, her ex-relationship two years on in the way that she's talking to Cosmo UK, to your point, Bradley, you would be like, girl, I think you want to talk to a professional about it. Yeah, like what, at what point does the uh, the reporter or the writer over at Cosmo UK go, you know, I've noticed over the last two years, you've talked intensely about this relationship that seems to have had a very big impact on your life. And it sounds to me, uh, you know, based on what you've just shared with me, that perhaps there is still a connection between the two of you and you haven't totally moved on. And even though you claim to be, quote, totally single, you're still talking intensely or with an intensity about this relationship that indicates there are still feelings there that you have not completely worked through. Have you talked to anybody? Like, this is the question, not like, tell me more. Well, you know, it's Cosmo UK. But this relationship that Lena Dunham had with Jack Antonoff, he's a music guy. He's famous in his own right is probably one of the least fascinating things about Lena Dunham. So it's frustrating to a certain extent that Lena Dunham wants to showcase this personal relationship she had with this guy who was in music above more interesting things that she's actually doing. Like Lena Dunham, tell us about this new show on HBO that you're executive producing. Lena Dunham, tell us more about this podcast that you're making. I heard it's second season is coming out. Lena Dunham, tell us about your pets. I don't know. Anything but this relationship, and you to are, your point, you know, she's like this. Uh, it's not even postmodern feminism. It's like post postmodern feminism, which is this weird dance where you put all of the, like the weird things on display that you say aren't important, and we need to you know uh, bleep the patriarchy. But then I'm going to be obsessed with my physical image. I'm going to be obsessed with my relationships with men. I'm going to be obsessed and oversharing about all of these things out in the open. But then I don't want you to think or I don't want you to force me to then think critically about those things, because if you challenge me on them, then you're sexist. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm a man. I probably can't say that, but could you just tell me that that makes sense? What it totally I just said? makes sense. Okay, Bradley. Yes. For, I'm here to validate. Uh, please validate my, <laughs> well, you're right. Because when you go over to Lena Dunham's Instagram account, she does the thing. So here's a post that she put up January 13th. She's wearing this ugly dress because Bradley, Cool New York City women like to dress ugly. That is the thing yeah. with the poofs and the stuff. And she's wearing these ugly glasses, taking a selfie of herself with a nose ring saying, I'm your worst aunt, the one who went to Bali once. <laughs> oh, God. It's uh, uh, Lena Dunham. We know. We ascend, ascend this narrative. Yeah. Transcend. Transcend. Yes. Please transcend your narrative. Yes. 
Are we wish, wishing that for her? Yeah. Willing it into the universe? Yes. All right. Hey, when we come back, can we transcend wieners? I would like to know. I have a question for you guys. Do you like little wieners? 651-641-1071. We'll be right Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer.